crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. It was a beautiful day. Right here live on the Roar, the press box with Brad and John. They were joining us today, 10.02 a.m. We've got Will Pelagic, bottom of this hour. John Blau, top of the next hour. In the meantime, phone lines are going strong today, and I want to keep that rolling. Daniel in Franklin is about to make a, a counterpoint to a, a point a caller made earlier where Fred got in talking about the NIL, and I, and I want Daniel uh, to, to make his point. I want to hear um, both sides of this conversation daniel you still there yes sir yeah all right thank you for so now now you guys you guys played you guys played running down a dream tom petty now i'm all fired up <laughs> love some patty <laughs> um yes sir so i guess where i was at was you know when you got a job as a kid as a teenager pre-college you had an interview and, and they said it, it, these are our our times that are operation and, and, and these are your shifts and you were fortunate to have a job. Now, there's a switch, and it's cultural. It's taken place over, say, the past 10, 15 years. But I've been in the position where hosting job fairs, recruiting, hiring, training, firing, developing for years. And, and I noticed a, a, a turn when those simple applications switch to a paragraph at the back that says availability. And what I mean by that is it's up to the employee now to dictate when they're available. And that right there, that simple little switch, has taken our youth and available positions from you're fortunate that you've done the work to have the position to the position is really lucky to have you. That viewpoint has transcended throughout sports, uh, professional life to please oh please come here this is what we can give you if you just come here instead of here's your dream and you've worked all your life to get here same with a, a little while ago with the coaching raises is nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year not a wonderful living for being a defensive coordinator please god stay here and do the same job you've been doing all this time we're going to give you another eight hundred thousand dollar rate it's, it's insane, but it is what it is, and, and none of that's going to change. So uh, I guess what I mean is I understand what Fred's saying and, and several other callers that call in and say oh, the NCAA's got to step in and we got to get it back to the way it used to be, but the players aren't the way that it used to be. The, the system is not the way it used to be, and it's not going to get back there. It's going to continually be, please come here and take this job because we're going to give you all of this to come, and it's just going to be pampering, 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 and it's going to show throughout the sport. It's still recruitment. Even though we've changed the rules and, and the way you recruit, it's still at the at the core of it. You're trying to convince someone to come, you know, if you want to call it work, for you. And, as, you know, it sounds like you've you've worked on that, that side of things. Uh, Daniel, thanks for calling in and making your points. I appreciate you doing that and holding. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a great day. You do. Take care. I, I I agree with a lot of what he says. And there's, John, there's always somebody out there that's willing to give you what you want in, in that industry. Now, we all can't relate to that necessarily. 
Yes, I, I agree with that point. But that's that's what happens when you have a skill set that is highly valued. Because what what a, a a top-notch athlete can do and what you and I can do are completely different things. They're they're measured in vastly different ways. Yeah, you're right. And so the whole point of NIL, and I think where we're headed in the, in the near future, is not restricting, even though they're young, they're a young adult, they're still adults, restricting them from being able to financially gain from their abilities. You know, and there's a lot of other fields that if you were really good at it, you wouldn't have to jump through all these hoops and whatnot. You could just make money, right? You know, there's a lot of 18-year-olds who can, who can, I mean, they're good at something, can make money right out the gate. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, think of all the, and it's, it's crazy that this sentence even exists. Look how many 18-year-old millionaires are out there because of TikTok. I cannot believe I just said that. You and I don't consume that product. In, no, but in, in it's there. We don't, we don't, yeah, and there's people who don't consume college football like we do. But there's someone who is consuming that, and they're, you know, the social media influencers and all that. That's something you and I don't grasp at all. No, not one bit. I don't understand it at all. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not that old. Like, I'm not that far removed. <laughs> I said I'm not that old. Gee, thanks, John. Well, no, I mean, uh, I'm only going to be nine at the end of the month. Like, I'm still a young guy. Like, it's... You got time to make your millions. Yeah, exactly. I still got plenty of time for my millions. But it's just... I, I just, I don't relate to it. But it doesn't mean that I don't think it's a serious market and that they're not making serious money. Just because I don't understand it. The difference is, it doesn't affect you. Yes. College sports does. And so that's where people... Because it's, it's their team not getting some of these players, and they feel like it's an unequal playing field, which I, I still argue it's always been an unequal it's playing It's been an field. unequal playing field since Rutgers invented college football. I mean, we've never had an equal playing field ever in this sport. Would I like some balance to that? Yeah. Absolutely, I would love some balance. But, I mean, it's never been an equal playing field. You used to have Bear Bryant and Newt Rockney just hoard scholarships and just keep guys on their team so nobody else could have them. And there was a time when schools were paying an enormous amount of money or benefits or whatever it took to get recruits, and some got caught, some didn't. The bag man was a thing. It's a real thing. We I, we just I just shocked that sometimes people just completely act like that never happened in in college sports. Happened for decades. You know, they decades. Nick Nolte didn't star in blue chips for no reason. <laughs> All right, that was Great loosely reference. based on <laughs> real events in time. Oh, I thought it was a documentary. <laughs> I might have, well, you're saying, you're saying Shaq and Penny took money? No. LSU's never paid players, so. <laughs> How do you, oh, man, I just about said something. No, I don't, Will Wade related? No, it was Penny Hardaway related. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> all right, 654-ROAR, you want to get in. I don't want to make ac- uh, accusations that are, uh, could be or could not be unfounded. Delvin's up next. Delvin, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing well. I mean, I'm put my I'm, I'm gonna give myself a position on the defense. I get myself a raise. Hey, Dabo, I know assistant head coach of defense. I want one point four million. I was just joking, but uh, what's good, man? He's done a great job. He deserves it, man. You yeah. know, when he first took a job, I was one of the guys who was skeptical about it, but he's come in. He's not breaking rules. He's what's good, and I love that. And he's done his own thing. But uh, as a Cowboys fan, Brad. Uh, what do you think, Dan Quinn as your head coach? I'm I'm a little like okay. One on one part, on 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 one thing, I'm like, look, 
he's a good defensive coordinator. I don't want to lose him. But on the other hand, I still think about the Green Bay game. So I don't know how I feel about that. But a lot of people are bashing the iron. I think he's a good coach, man. I think he's a good head coach. You need a leader in there, man. And he's a good. I know he's a good leader. A lot of a lot of players. Well, you got guys vouching for you, players from Seattle and all the stuff vouching for you. You know, you made it, you you made an impression on those guys. So yeah. I'm not gonna bash him. I just I just you know I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do now on defense and stuff like that. I'm here on Rivera, but I don't want that. Huh? You don't want to you know just a player swap, Dan Quinn for Ron Rivera straight up. Yes. You, you can have him. No, Ron Rivera, man. You can have him. He's all yours. But what do you think about the rumors out there about who he might hire as an offensive coordinator? That's yeah. a Chuck Kelly room, but I think he's going to go to Kyle Shanahan route because that's what he called it. You might want to look at Clint Kubiak, who is on San Francisco for another side because he's been an offensive coordinator before. He's an offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Yeah, maybe so. Th- thanks for the call, Delvin. I-, I I don't know if I'm buying this Chip Kelly stuff quite yet. This this feels like Chip Kelly's agent is sort of putting this out there that he wants to be in the NFL to see who's willing to buy. It. I I think there's there's a natural link. Well, who has a job open? Washington needs an OC right now, so it, maybe Kelly makes sense. I I don't. I'm not sure that Washington sees it that way. It was very convenient to float out that. Well, you know, he actually interviewed twice with the Raiders, but that never came out until after they hired Cliff Kingsbury officially yesterday. Isn't, isn't that funny? Yeah, that that's all Chip's agent trying to. And I don't even think it's for right now. I think he's trying to set up the landscape for next hiring cycle for but, Chip Kelly to get back to the NFL. This feels like a Harbaugh type thing, just an, maybe an OC type level, not. The head coach of yeah, I hired Chip Kelly's head coach in the NFL. Oh no, that'll never happen again. I do think though it'll be. I think this is his agent setting him up for next year. Never say never. Dan Quinn just got hired. Uh, I'll I'll say this to Delvin's point. I agree with him that Quinn is a good leader. Like I think he'll he'll command, you know, the room. He'll he'll get guys to understand what is they need to do. I still think we we do put a lot of emphasis on the last time we saw you do something. And his defense looked incredibly unprepared. I think Dallas's defense was vastly overrated this season. Uh, Helps I, when you have Micah Parsons that can cover up a lot of things. Yeah, I think that the, I think they were just some of it was just turnover luck and just you know things that fell into their lap. So is he going to rebuild Washington's defense into this juggernaut? I don't I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not convinced of that. But he is. If there's one thing I do agree with that, that I do like about the hire is he he is a but Rob Rivera was a good leader. Ron Rivera is one of the most respected people. Everywhere Ron Rivera goes, people love him. In the way he embraces people, in the way he leads. He just couldn't coach himself out of a paper bag. Okay? Just couldn't. He, he stunk. That's what worries about Quinn is that you're you're just sort of getting the same. Now, Quinn approaches it differently than, than Rivera. They're different personalities, different people. But will it work? I'm I'm very skeptical. Very skeptical. But we'll see. Six five four roar. Let's go back to the phone lines. Get one more in here before we go to Will Pelagic in the bottom of the hour. We're talking about the Panthers. Uh, Stephen in Salem's up next. Hey, Stephen. Hey, good morning, guys. I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, so, so now that there's a vacancy for the head coaching job at Boston College, who do you think would be the next? Who do you think would be a great candidate for it? I texted Walt last night about that. And he said that he believes that Bill O'Brien would actually make a perfect fit um, for the job. So who do you guys think would uh, should be the next head coach? And I'll hang up and listen. Um, yeah. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you getting in today. 
I'm gonna go, and I don't. I don't think Bill O'Brien would be a horrible hire. I, I you're Boston College. As much as we bang on Bill O'Brien, you could do worse than him. Sure. I would prefer my, my ideal candidate is Al Washington, and and I don't know that Al Washington is going to be a great the head coach. Notre Dame defensive line coach, former BC player. We have no idea if he's a good head coach because he's never been a head coach. He's been at the assistant level for seemingly forever. But Al Washington would want to be at Boston College, and Al Washington would want to have Boston College's best interest at heart because he he's an alum, he's he's coached there, he was an assistant coach. For several years, he worked under Adazio, I believe. Uh, he's he's Boston College through and through. And so, first of all, I want somebody who wants the job. I'm hesitant on Bill O'Brien because I think he would just want the job to go get something else. So you might only have him for two years if he has any success at all. He'll bounce. Plus, John, how many different jobs Bill O'Brien had? He might have been leave for no reason. Just because he likes this over there, or he wants to live in that town, or he enjoys the NFL, or Whatever the or you may just be getting him because he realized he has spent a month in Columbus and just wants out of Ohio. <laughs> as much as he likes to move around and take different jobs, he just I I don't know that I feel like Bill O'Brien would want to be there and want the job. Can he get me somewhere in, in two years that Al Washington can't? Maybe, but I still think there's very much a cap and a limit. Uh, Bill O'Brien could go eight and four at Boston College. I believe well, that if if Cassiano stays at quarterback. I'm I'm talking about for like a span, like two or three years. I, okay. I could see them being, but I, I think that's the ceiling at BC. You're, I think you're right. That is the ceiling. Uh, you know, we talked yesterday about Al Golden, uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator, being a candidate for this job. And you know, yesterday I thought that actually made some sense. But doing some reading last night, Brad, I uncovered. Do you know who the athletic director is at Boston College? Who? Well, he used to work at Miami, and he was the athletic director who fired Al Golden at Miami. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Maybe a bit of a... I don't know if they've patched things up over the years, but it could make for an awkward interview. Could, yeah. Very very well could. Um, probably That's probably not going to happen then. We'll go ahead and rule that one out. I think so. Whew, good. <laughs> who would you prefer? If, if it was down between Al Washington and Bill O'Brien, who would you go with? Al Washington. For what reason? Um, one, I would like to see someone get an opportunity versus Bill O'Brien to get his 14th opportunity. Okay. And again, we're not talking about giving somebody the keys to a Maserati. I mean, this that's not what Boston College is. So from your standpoint, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think it's someone who deserves an opportunity versus someone who's just going to take it to get another opportunity. He is someone who is who played there, who has coached there, and would take pride in being the Boston College head coach and not just, like to your point, take this job to go be the head coach somewhere else in two to four years. Yeah, I, You have somebody who's would... emotionally invested into that university who will take the job with pride. And a lot of people think Al Washington eventually gets a head coaching job. Why not, why not it be Boston College? It's alma mater. You know, if, now, if you interview and, and you just like Bill O'Brien better. Fine. Fine. Again, I'm I'm not going to argue if it's if it's down between those two and they pick one over the other, but I just I would prefer Washington for a lot of the reasons. You said a line to me before we went on air this morning that stuck with me about Al Washington versus if you hire him over like a Bill O'Brien or anybody else, he is someone who is going to act with BC's best interest at heart. He is, and I, you're not going to get that with Bill O'Brien. And I, I don't want that to come across as a knock on Bill O'Brien. He didn't go there. He you know he wasn't a student at Boston College. He doesn't have 
years of memories and you know things like that attached to that university. Agreed. Six five four roar. We got a lot of questions coming on the Adams Kirby text line. Some of them kind of kind of all over the place. Some of the talks we've discussed today. So it's kind of hard to run through, but I, I do want to answer some of these. Uh, Duke Travis wants to know who we like in tomorrow's Duke North Carolina game. We'll do that coming up later on in the show. We'll, we'll make some picks because there are some important games uh, this weekend, and we'll talk about Clemson and Virginia coming up as well, too. Work for you? Oh, yeah. We got to get in all the hoops. A lot of hoops going on this weekend. Some other quick news here, John, concerning the NFL that came out since we've last been on. Um, the. Kingsbury, two Raiders, eh. just eh on that? Eh. You're not overly excited? I, no, because we do this with Cliff Kingsbury every time. We get overhyped, and then he doesn't deliver to the results that we think he's going to deliver. Fair. I need to see what they're playing. Are they rolling back Jimmy Garoppolo in that ridiculous contract? Are they going with Aiden O'Connell again? I mean, he's got some nice pieces to work with, but I, I don't know. I don't... I guess I don't take Cliff Kingsbury as serious as the industry does. I'm curious about it. I don't know that it'll work. I don't know that he ever did anything in Arizona that made you go, oh my gosh, this guy's scheme is just ridiculous. No, he just brought hype. Hype to the scheme, but it never delivered. It was always, well, the GM has has been his whole career. Thank you. That's why I said I am not as high on him as the industry seems to be. What about Nick Holes? Getting hired. Uh, Quez was asking about this earlier. The yeah. Passing game coordinator in Jacksonville now headed to be the OC in Tennessee for the Titans. I think it would be a good move. I, I still think that Tennessee needs personnel upgrades. And I also don't know what their their vision for the offense is moving forward now that Derrick Henry's probably out the door. Yeah. I, Nick Holtz has been a lot of places in a short amount of time. He's only 39 years old. Uh, but he's been he's been kind of all over the place. Uh, in terms of just stops and different, you know, different ideas and things you kind of mold again, it's probably it's probably a pretty good hire. I don't I didn't really have a problem with Jacksonville's passing game. Some some issues with the execution, but that's all <laughs> on the coaching. <laughs> Six five four roar. When we come back, Will Polachik's going to join us. We're going to break down Dave Canales and who he is and what he's going to bring to the Panthers and. He and Dan Morgan as a team. What does that look like? What's the future? What can you get excited about? Let's have a positive Panthers segment, John. Can we do that? We'll go into it with the idea we're going to try to have a positive Panthers segment, and we'll just see where it takes us. Well, this is the this is the honeymoon here. This is when you're supposed to get excited about the new guy. He just came off as his first ever press conference in Charlotte. Did he win it? We'll ask Will Palachik on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. 
or use the new Roosters app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. When you're looking for the beautiful gift she deserves, do what I do. Shop at Turner's Jewelers. They have an amazing selection of silver, gold, precious gems, and diamonds. And Turner's can create a custom piece she'll absolutely treasure. Whatever the occasion, trust a tradition of family excellence for more than 60 years. Shop now at turnersjewelers.com or visit them today in the Applewood Shopping Center next to Belk and Seneca. Southern Hospitality meets diamond know-how at Turner's Jewelers. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I'm a proud Clemson alumni from the class of 1981. When folks come to see us, they've generally got a problem of some sort. And we start out by listening. That's what makes the Davis Law Group different. Whether it be a work-related injury, a problem dealing with an insurance company, or a family law issue, you are going to end up having to deal with the judicial system. And it is a journey. So what we try to do is help you find a path forward through that system in a way that you will have a fair result. Contact us today at davis.law. We'll be glad to help. Nothing says I love you like a clean home. This Valentine's Day, call the cleaning pros at Zero Res. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for just $109, plus a free hallway. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Your flagship station for Clemson men's basketball, 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Right here live on the Roar. Press box with Brad and John. Hour two continues on. Panthers have a new head coach. Introduced him yesterday. And I, I think we can have a positive conversation. This week you're supposed to feel good. The new guy's in town. He's talking up his what he's going to do for your franchise. You're supposed to feel good, Panthers fans. New meaning of the logo. And we want it to be feared again. Yeah. And, and, and what's better about Dave Canales than Dan Quinn? who was hired by my Washington Commanders, we don't know if Canales stinks. <laughs> we don't know if Canales can blow a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. We have no idea. You said that, not me. Just learning the Falcons fans. That's John Height. Let's go to Will Polachik from WFNZ. He covers the Panthers, and I know he's got a lot of thoughts on yesterday, and he joins us, thankfully, live here this morning. Hey, Will, how you doing, my friend? Has Ben Milstead stopped laughing at you, uh, Brad, about the, the Quinn hire? No, no. I, for the most part, everyone just wants to rub it in my face. We've, we've had a really good uh, time doing that over the last couple of days. I mean, I love I love Ron Rivera. I mean, obviously did a lot of great work here at Carolina, but uh, why'd you fire Ron Rivera to, to hire Dan know. Quinn? I, I have no clue. That's what I said yesterday. They're too similar. They're not similar necessarily in personality, but they're similar in who they are, what they've done, their resumes. Like It just feels like... You just trade well, I think one thing Rivera's for another. Rivera's better than Quinn. I know Quinn got to a Super Bowl, but I, 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 yeah, I love he probably Rivera. Is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, there, there's a an obvious ceiling with with Rivera now, but there's there's an obviously low floor with Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. All know. depends on what you do on offense. That's 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 the big thing when you hire a defensive minded head coach. It all depends on on what kind of coordinator he puts in, whether he keeps the enemy or whatever happens. So we'll <laughs> see. 
That is a great point. Will, uh, speaking of hirings, the Carolina Panthers did go offense with Dave Canales, and you had a chance to hear and see the press conference yesterday, his first opportunity uh, to talk to Panther fans and the media. What are your initial impressions of him, your your thoughts on him as just a, a coach stepping into this situation? And, of course, I want to know, did he win the press conference yesterday? Well, well, the weirdest thing is that we had, we had heard all these things about, you know, he's this positive, high-energy guy and, and, you know, brings a lot of effusive praise and things of that nature. And, and while I, I heard all these things kind of in the preamble to him being there, I don't know if I was even ready for it when we were in there. He, he brings a very interesting presence. Uh, I think he's somebody who is very much a, you know, win-today type of guy. You know, he's got a plan out for every day. This is something that he's been working towards ever since he was at Azusa Pacific. You know, he's coached uh, as a head coach for, like, his freshman teams at, in high school and things of that nature. So uh, there's some, there's obviously some head coaching uh, pedigree in his background, and uh, he's got a lot of bona fides alongside of him, you know, from Pete Carroll all the way on down. And I really felt like, you know, he spoke to the, you know, definite uh, gravity of the situation. It hasn't been a sport. It hasn't been a, a city that's seen a lot of winning here recently, and and. He seemed like he has a, a pretty concrete plan, although he didn't necessarily be uh, revelatory when it came to that plan because he wants to make sure that uh, all the trade secrets stay trade secrets. But it seems like he at least has a formula for quarterbacks who are of the size of Bryce Young uh, that can actually have success in this league. He did it with Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's done it, obviously, with, with Russell Wilson and uh, Geno Smith as well. So uh, I'm very curious to see how it goes. I know a lot of Panther fans are taking a lot of cautious optimism, but... I know a lot of people who were very anti the Canales hire who kind of got their uh, their personalities spun back the other way because of not just uh, Canales, but the, the great story about Dan Morgan. You know, Morgan's somebody who I think if you at least remember about the way that he played, performed in that Super Bowl, you know, the 23 tackles and things of that nature, that's something that, you know, he, he needs to know. They needed somebody in that position who knows what that franchise needs to have success in, and I think that's something that, they can definitely call on too. You can see the uh, the nostalgia that I think a lot of Panther fans have. You know, with having a lot of those guys in the building. You know, Musin Mahana was there. Uh, Thomas Davis was there. I, I think from that perspective, you at least have something uh, to at least call back to from uh, the team's success to go off of. And I think these two guys are going to try to make it happen. Interesting that you know I, I like how you went ahead and kind of put those two guys together. Uh, how well do you think they'll work together? It seems you know they're not not far off in, in age or maybe even you know, to a certain degree experience, and they both have you know, kind of been around some of the same places. How do you think they're going to work together? Well, yesterday, I mean, they were finishing each other's sentences practically when, <laughs> when it seemed like they were, uh, when they were up there together. I, I, I've, I've seen that particular scenario work out with the, you know, the GM and the, and the head coach. And I don't know if there's, you're, you're putting together two guys who know each other better. I think, I think that's part of the reason why they did this is because of the fact that you know, they are two guys who have gone back their time in Seattle knowing each other. Uh, uh, they were seen together during the Week 17 matchup between the Panthers and the, and the uh, Buccaneers, you know, running together and, and talking together. So there, there's definitely a symbiotic friendship and a relationship there when it comes to those two. So I think you need to have that. And, and granted, you know, they're going to have Brad Tillis also in support. And, and I think the most important thing is that, you know, the buck is going to stop with Dan Morgan. I, I think that's the one thing that a lot of Panther fans were concerned about. You know, is this being fueled by ownership, or is this, you know, going to be something where David Tepper is still lurking in the background? I, I feel like this is very much going to be 
the football, people making the football decisions. Not like it. it wasn't like that before, but I think there was a lot of, you know, worry from people that, you know, that there was too much influence from ownership. I really do think this is going to be, you know, Morgan and Tillis with the support of Canales making a lot of these decisions when it comes to personnel, when it comes to a whole football philosophy, and just trying to take what they possibly have on paper and put it into practice because, uh, obviously, when you think about what they did last year and all the stuff with the all-star staff and getting people from all different facets, I, th- I think they found out that that unfortunately failed miserably. So now that the big word we heard yesterday was alignment. I think that mm-hmm. word was maybe the, uh, the buzzword of the day. Uh, it was an intentional use of that word because they want to make sure that they are all on the same page. And uh, that's, I think, the one thing that at least is a jumping-off point for them going into this offseason. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe, you know, whether it works out or not, I think the strategy is fairly sound here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be positive today. I think the strategy of this sounds good, uh, whether or not they can make the Panthers relevant, relevant to the degree that they, you know, they and the owner want to be, uh, will will play out. Uh, what did you make of Canales' talk about Bryce Young? And what what is it he wants Bryce Young to be? And, and what can he do with Bryce Young? Well, the, thing, the, the most important thing, and this is, I think, going back to what we heard last year, is that you know Frank Reich was very much trying to fit Bryce into his system. The difference with Canales is I think Canales is going to develop a system around Bryce using what Bryce does well. And, and the, thing that, the most important thing that I think Dave Canales said yesterday is that we want Bryce to be the best performance of himself, or the best uh, version of himself. And we want to be the best version of Bryce around him. So but, but that's the part that I think is much different about this year going into it, is that Canales is the kind of person who is going to adapt to the personnel around him as opposed to trying to make that personnel fit as a square peg in a round hole. And I think that's going to be the one thing you look at this year is, is can they get the personnel to fit around that? And, and that's the $64,000 like, question right now is, is can they get – you know, better at the wide receiver position? Can they have a, a offensive line that fits the scheme and, and players not regressing to a level that they were below, say, two years ago? And whether or not there's uh, the ability for that defense to stay on that same level playing. Like, that's, I think, also something that, you know, was probably the most important thing we heard yesterday from Canales is that he wants Ajiro Evero back. And even though there's still some ambiguity in that fact, he expects Evero, who's still under contract, to be back and a lot of that defensive staff to be back because. They feel like if they keep things unchanged on that side of the football, Brian Burns being, of course, the big key cog and making sure that that still stays all intact, uh, if they can still have a pretty good football team with uh, with that defense coming back and, and an improved offense, is it going to be all fixed in year one? I don't think so. I think this is at least a two-year project when it comes to these two off-seasons trying to improve everything around them just because of the way that I think the, the draft obviously plays out for the Panthers not having a first-round pick and also just needing some more depth across the skill positions as well. But I do feel like, at least from from Canales' standpoint, he's going into the Bryce conversation in a very much more uh, open fashion as opposed to the rigidity we saw from last year with uh, Frank Reich and the offensive staff around him. Will Palachik, WFNZ, join us live here right now. Will, uh, in terms of the fan base was there anything that canalis said that you think maybe any key words that hit home or or something the fan base has been you know not happy about that maybe he he can he can uh hit on that is there anything that he said that stood out to you in terms of that i don't know if there's anything from canalis i I know that the thing that morgan said where we want the logo to be feared 
I think that resonated a lot with the fan base because that that goes back to you know the keep pounding mantra and go and I think it was very important for somebody who knows where that origin story comes from and where that is because there was a lot of people who I think took some exception to the Panthers going with an inside hire uh, somebody who was under that same personnel team the development team that involves Scott Fitterer being a part of the forward motion going forward but if you look at Dan Morgan you listen to him speak if you stand next to him that that doesn't scream yes man that doesn't scream somebody who is always going to be kind of on the same page as as the whole Uh, I know for a fact that there were certain decisions that weren't made that Morgan had brought up when it came to personnel that didn't necessarily get made the players that aren't on this football team that Morgan wanted so it's definitely something where he had his own ideas he wasn't just somebody who was following in the footsteps of Scott Fitterer the two are friends the two are somewhat like-minded but I do feel like Morgan is his own independent thinker in that way and and I think you needed somebody who knew where, you know, where the landmines were, where the certain parts of this fan base were that that needed help, and 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 or, uh, fan base, but uh, this roster, I should say, place where they needed help. And I think that that's the part of it that you look at and say is probably the thing that maybe won some fans over is that you needed somebody who at least understands what it means for this franchise to see a winner. And and I understand that folks still have their up there are skepticism out there when it comes to these two guys. You know, Canals the only place that he interviewed was here, so that is at least bring up a little bit of a red flag. But I do feel like from you know, the combination of the two philosophies, I think it'll be very interesting to see how they uh, at least go about it going forward. I feel a lot better on this day now than I did a year ago based on the fact that it, it does seem like they at least have a like mindedness to themselves in the building. Hmm. Interesting here. Again, this is a positive segment for the Panthers, and I feel like it's been a long time uh, since we've had those those conversations. Uh, any idea how Canales wants to put this staff together? Can he keep Evero? Can he can he do some things that will you know impress or surprise you with uh, the rest of his staff? Well, he's already made some uh, some additions. Uh, he took some guys from Tampa. Uh, obviously, he brought over uh, his wide receivers coach, uh, Brad Idzik, who's going to be it was a Wake Forest guy uh, also, so that's at least a little bit of a, uh, a local tie-in from here. Uh, he's going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, I think uh, the special teams coordinator is probably still the, the big thing that uh, he hasn't filled as of yet. Uh, he, he wants to try to keep Evero. Uh, he said that yesterday Evero is a big, big part of what we want to have happen, having gone against him twice the last, uh, the last year and obviously also gone against him when he was in Seattle, and Evero was in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that's something that he said is a very big, important part of what they want to do. I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes on the defensive side of the football. I think he's going to kind of let EJ uh, run that kind of solely on his end, and maybe even with a little bit, little bit of promotion, too, as well. Could be maybe a assistant head coach scenario involved there. But uh, as far as other things go, I think he at least has most of his guys in place. And, and at this point right now, it's kind of, okay, you know, drawing it up and uh, making sure that they figure out what exactly Bryce does well and, and putting the formations behind it and, and trying to at least make sure that uh, there's at least some sort of uh, concrete philosophy going forward. Wrapping things up here uh, with Will Palachik. Uh, last couple things and then we'll let you run, Will. Uh, the the way that this is all going to come to what, what's the biggest needs for the Panthers in 2024? Like where where that are logical? Like where can they get better immediately? 
Well, pr- priority number one is you have to make a decision on Brian Burns. Like, that's the, the 100% thing that you have to at least figure out. Uh, I think it's a fait accompli that he ends up getting tagged. The tag number is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 21 to 20, 20, uh, $22 million. And the question now comes into, do you play under that tag or do you try to get a long-term deal? I think having an existing relationship with Dan Morgan helps that with a brand-new contract negotiator in Brant Tillis. I think that, that mix at least brings about a new conversation to start. I think Brian has a lot less negotiating power maybe than he had a year ago because of the season that he's coming off of. I think that maybe we'll see something in the neighborhood of a, of a maybe two- to three-year deal as opposed to a longer-term deal, even though I think Brian realizes that this is his best chance to get a big, big contract number. So we'll see whether or not uh, the Panthers come to that. It's more advantageous to them to have him uh, under a long-term deal because you can offload some of that money because $21 million, when it comes to that tag, is a lot of money to put on there from the salary cap aspect. So... How they go about the Brian Burns uh, scenario, I think, will reflect their offseason. I think they also have to re-sign Frankie Louvu. You have to come up with a long-term option as well for Derek Brown. Uh, those three things uh, out of the way. Obviously, trying to get a number one wide receiver in here is the biggest, uh, I think, thing on their list. Uh, it depends on how they go about the draft, uh, I think, is in terms of what they get at wide receiver. Uh, interior line depth, I think, is something that took a real big hit last year. They need to make sure they figure that out. And they also got to figure out what they're going to do with Iki Iquanu, uh, whether or not they're going to keep him playing at left tackle and move him inside the guard. That will reflect whether or not they want to uh, go out and get a left tackle or potentially uh, try to stay uh, inside and get another guard. I think there's some depth pieces on defense you can always end up adding, whether it's at linebacker or in the secondary. Obviously also on the, on the line at pass rush as well. Uh, there's still a lot of holes. Like I said, it's probably going to take you know another offseason after this one to try and fully plug all the holes, but I think the most immediate needs are number one wide receiver and interior line depth. He's Will Palacci. You can find him on Twitter at Willie P. Style. Uh, not only does he do the post game for the Panthers and the Hornets, he's going to be on the call in less than a month for Charlotte FC. I know you're excited about the season starting back. 22 days away, Brad. Uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Will, I always look forward to our conversation. Last thing before I let you run. We probably won't talk to you between now and next Sunday. So, who you got for the Super Bowl? Uh, not betting against Patrick Mahomes. Give mm. me the Chiefs. There you go. Wise man. Wise man. Thank you, Will. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate you. Take care. Will Polachik, WFNZ. See, he knows. You don't make a living going against Pat Mahomes. I've said it many times. Do you think I'll pick Pat Mahomes in the Chiefs, John? I know who I'm picking. Don't, don't reveal that today. Oh, no. That's for next week. We will talk some Super Bowl, though. 654 Roar, more to come on the other side after this. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-4444. 
1-800-242-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. The Press Box with Brad and John. It makes it more competitive. The perfect way to get through your morning. Every time he opens his mouth, something irritating comes out. Weekdays from 9 to noon on The Roar. Where every day is game day. We're back here live on the roar. Press box with Brad and John. 1055975theroarfm.com. Thanks for joining us today. 654 Roar. You want to get in with us. We got a lot of things to get to and address. Uh, we got John Blau coming up, top of the next hour. We'll discuss the coaching salaries that increased for the Clemson Tigers football program this morning. We'll get the uh, the full numbers. And, and John had done, I was following him on looking at some stuff he had on uh, on Twitter or X. And, you know, there's some things built into those contracts. We'll, we'll get some reporting from John on that, uh, Blau, that is, from Post and Courier in just a little bit. Stay tuned for that. Um, should you be optimistic on Dave Canales right now if you're the Panthers? Do you you kind of have to be. If, if, you, if you are a fan, you've had nothing to be optimistic about in a long, long time. Why not back the young guy with the, the young Dan Morgan? They look good together, man. They look like they know what they're doing. They got oh, their yeah. business suits on. They they got the flash. They got the style. Can they pull off a reclamation project? I have no idea if they can or not, but what good does it do you and you know for your mental health to just already be out on the hire? Uh, that's me over here. Well, that's, that's different. That's, that's different. You're a fan of Washington. Your mental health, it's long been tossed out. You know, we all, we all know you. You struggle with that team over there. But I just I feel like there's no other reason other than to back this guy. If I'm the Panthers. Yeah. I think you should. I do. I, I know it's hard to, you know, to a certain degree, be excited about anything going on with that franchise because the, you can't change the owner. But that's my point. You can't change the owner. You can boycott. You can do all that stuff. He's still not going anywhere. So just embrace the new coach. Take at least some solace in the fact that that you've got a guy that maybe, two guys with the new GM, that maybe can give you something that you can be proud of in your organization. I mean, Brad, you know it as well as anybody. You're right, you can't change the owner. And if you can't, it's going to take 20 years of just nonsense and and horribleness in order to change it. I bailed on my owner because he was doing things that had nothing to do with football. It wasn't about winning and losing. It was about a toxic culture within the the business practices. I mean, he was he was cheating the NFL. He was creating a very uncomfortable work environment for females. Yeah. He's just a bad dude. He's doing a lot of bad stuff that I didn't agree with. I think there's a separator here. David Tepper is just not very good at his job as an NFL owner. He hasn't figured it D- out yet. Dan Snyder is just a bad dude to his core. Yeah. Everything about him. 
I mean, a good point from the Adams Curving text line. Panther fans need to be excited. Can't get worse than Frank Reich and Matt Rule as head coaches. Well, you know what? This is a league where I think it can always get worse. But I, I do feel like you should be much more higher on Canales than you should have been on Frank Reich. Yeah. At least you knew Frank Reich was going to be Frank Reich, and it probably wouldn't work. At least with Canales, you don't know. There's the unknown. the unknown, yeah. Yeah, you got to love the unknown. You can't prove that he that he stinks. Well, and it's also easy uh, to me easier to back this guy if I was a Charlotte Panthers fan because of what he just did with a quarterback that you couldn't figure out what to do with. Yeah. That's true. And I mean, I, I know we can you take him with a grain of salt, but Baker had an amazing year. But Baker also had a very bad night last night at the Pro Bowl games. Couldn't hit anything. Who cares? No, but what? No, to my point though is, he is not like he hasn't transcend. He hasn't like refound a new part of his game. Like there's not something new he has unlocked. No, it's Dave Canales. To your point, we talked about it all week. He found and created throwing lanes to make things easier for Baker Mayfield. Like, he's not the most accurate quarterback out there. But you had a coach who designed an offense and ways to help him become more accurate. I can't believe this, but I I actually feel a whole lot better about the Panthers than I do Washington right now. I really do. I wouldn't. <laughs> I personally, I wouldn't because Tepper is still there. You know, Chance gets in on the Adams Co. Roofing text line that Tepper had a quote yesterday. Said, "I'm in the background now." For now, he's in the background now until they until they lose two games in a row, and then he's. Back, you know, is the face of the franchise tossing cocktails. Yeah, on people. I don't, I, I don't buy that he's not going to be at the forefront when things go wrong. You know, if if you know he's going to let them get settled and figure some things out, but if, if it doesn't look good, if it looks like it did last year, there's no way he's going to stay in the in the background. Not a chance. There's a there's a for now on there, in my opinion. For now, he might. Which this is the right look. He has received so much negative backlash from the fan base. He needs to lay low. Someone's finally probably gotten into his to his ear and like, look, look, Tepper, like you've got to just step away from this. Like, just even if it's for a few months, a season, just don't be the face every single second of this organization right now. Let your head coach be the face. He never let Frank Wright be the face, which I don't think Frank Wright deserved to be the face anyway. No, but I agree to the Frank Wright point. But as your job as the owner is, you're supposed to get your hire people to do jobs and get out of the way. That's what you're supposed to If you to want be. to be the general manager, then name yourself the general manager. Yeah. Jerry Jones, this thing. I think he, Tepper, and I, I don't know if this was always going to be the case. Hopefully, he learns from some mistakes, which good business people typically do. He's not a bad business person. No, you don't accumulate the wealth to buy an NFL team by being bad at business. But he also has not done anything that instills a lot of confidence that he knows what he's doing with this franchise. But maybe he did learn a lesson last year in that he meddled way too much in the the trading and the acquisition of the of that pick and then getting Bryce Young. Maybe he just did too much hands on there and didn't let people work. Maybe. To me, I think it's I think the situation in Jacksonville where he tossed the cocktail on a fan and everybody t- and he couldn't hide from that. I think that's probably as much of it as anything is because he showed his you-know-what to the public this season, throwing temper tantrums every week. 
He let at the games. Like yeah, he, he, he let his emotions he get did. the best of him publicly. He, did. he let he let the frustration of the entire season and the situation and having to fire Frank Reich and having to, to hit the reboot button again and being the laughing stock of the league, for that matter, he doubled down on it by throwing the drink on a fan. You know, and there's, you know, footage of him shouting in the hallways at people, like, you know, going in and out of the locker room after a game and just he didn't handle his emotions well last year. Sorry, Texer, I'm not gonna jump on the Panthers bandwagon. I'm not. But I do feel I feel better about where you're at right now. At least in theory, I think it sounds good what they're doing. It sounds good. Texer gets so does that text. He's throwing temper tantrums. Ah, I like that. Well done. I like that. Brad, I would have cut your mic off for that one, but I applaud the texter for giving oh, us that one. Oh, that's messed up. Why did I come up with that? So you wouldn't have appreciated that line if I'd come up with it. Exactly. Only if the text line comes up with it. Correct. I feel biased. Is there a bias going on there? Never. I, I don't ever have biases. Ever? You never <laughs> no, show any no. of your biases never on this show. Sh- I have never shown a bias on this show whatsoever. You're just straight down the middle. Absolutely. Like call your, them as I see them. Like your fairway drives. Oh, exactly. Like my fairway, yeah. <laughs> you never go to the left or the right. No. There's no slice in my game. <laughs> uh, natural one. A 654 roar you want to get in. I think, I, I really do. I, th- I think I feel better about the Panthers because at least in theory, this could work. Now, can they pull it off? Are these the right two guys to do so? For the first time in a long time, though, it feels like their head coach and their general manager are lock and step. And they're going to work together. They got chemistry. They're buddies. They might can figure this out. I just think it's different because this is the first time in the last couple of years with the Charlotte Panthers have made some offseason moves, and we're not immediately saying that's not going to work. Do you, if you're going with the retread, was this the right decision to put it in the hands of a young guy who can give you an identity? Who's supposed know, to be a quarterback I think, I think it's just best for the fan base that you have an unknown right now. That you're not pointing at a retread. You can't point at what he did at this franchise or that franchise as a failure. Now that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And we'll be doing it all year. Eh, for two years. And then they'll move off of him. Josh Harris won't be, will not be, uh, I think, given a long leash to Dan Quinn. No, but you'll just go out and get I, another retread defensive coordinator to be the head coach. If Tepper wants to change the narrative surrounding him and his franchise don't short leash these two new guys honestly don't come to the office it sounds it sounds ridiculous don't don't come in let the gm be the gm let the head coach be the head coach and you go focus on your other business ventures because when you've been around micromanaging this franchise things have fallen apart for the last few years but he also needs to let them do it for a decent amount of time like give don't don't give them six months or one year or eighteen months. Let them work this thing out because this is not going to be easy. Now we've seen teams turn their fortunes around in this league quickly, and we've seen teams try it and and fail miserably. Let them th- go through the process though. Let them learn together and figure it out. I that's my biggest concern is that he's going to pull he he's he, he's going to pull something here after like fifteen months and be like this isn't working anymore. We're done. Like he's, not gonna, he's not going to like next year's draft prep and then just fire somebody on the spot. Yeah, become emotional over it. That's to my point why he just needs to not come into the building for a while. 
Go focus on your other business ventures and let the people you have hired do their jobs. This is a league that's unforgiving. This is a league that doesn't give you a lot of opportunities in terms of of getting it right, fixing it. Now, he held on to Matt Rule far too long, in my opinion. I was on the fire Matt Rule bandwagon pretty quickly. But that's because I I could see that Matt Rule had no intentions of fixing his quarterback position. Just none. Kicking the can on whoever, whoever would come and sign the dotted line and show up for practice. That's all he wanted to do. He thought he could fix everything else and we're at the quarterback down the road. It's not the way the league is. You got to fix the quarterback first. That's why Canales is so tied to Bryce Young. That's why he got the job. Because they got to have somebody at least try, at least make an attempt to make Bryce Young a real quarterback in this league. And if he does, Canales will be there for a long time. And Bryce Young will be there for a long time. And if he doesn't, he'll be an OC on the staff pretty quickly. But can he get more than a year to do it? I mean, I, I hope so. Frank, but right? I have reservations on that. I have reservations that David Tepper is going to let the people he hired do their jobs and give them an actual real window of time to evaluate them, not just a loss to the Falcons and you just freak out and fire everybody. Yeah. 6-5-4 Roar, you want to get in with us. And we'll talk with John Blau coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or less. So stay tuned for that. He's going to break down uh, some college basketball, get the, uh, the coaching salary increases that happened over the football program with the board of trustees this morning john ball break all that down uh with us uh this weekend a lot of college basketball i do want to take some time to go over some of the college basketball games we'll even make some predictions is this the biggest weekend we've had yet at least in the 2024 calendar year for college basketball i think it is because we got duke north carolina this is considered what rivalry week i guess We've got Duke, North Carolina tomorrow. We've got uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. There's a bunch of other, I think, really important SEC games. South Carolina and Georgia is critical tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I mean, this feels like maybe one of the biggest Saturdays, at least, for for college basketball in, of, of this calendar year. I think so. I think this is, and it's the schedule set up very nicely for that to be this, probably be the biggest weekend of college basketball with no football going on this weekend. Yeah, I was looking to see. I mean, at noon, I mean, you've got UConn at St. John's, Virginia Tech at Miami, Arkansas at LSU. Some good options there, even just in the noon window. Has the Big 12 got anything big? I haven't even looked at uh, outside of uh, of Houston, Kansas. I haven't looked to see if anybody else um, uh, Iowa State at Baylor. Yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, ranked on ranked. Uh Number four, Houston at number eight, Kansas at four o'clock yeah, following the, the Clemson game. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm telling you, this this is the biggest weekend we've had yet. At least on a Saturday. It's a good time for the NFL to be taking the week off. A good time for there not to be really a whole lot else sports wise that's gonna grab your attention. Uh, it's gonna be college college basketball Saturday. And if look, if you haven't watched a lot of college basketball yet this year, tomorrow's a great day to jump in on that. We're five and a half weeks away from you know, the conference tournament's really getting underway. So, I think now's a good time to really kind of take a look at uh, some of these these college basketball programs. And we'll do more of that uh, coming up in hour three. I do want to ask you this, John, on the ACC front, Clemson and Virginia. On a scale of one to ten, how important is this game tomorrow for the Clemson Tigers? Nine. Oh, boy. Walk that out a little bit. Virginia- Why is it a nine? Virginia seven and three in the conference. They're third right now in the standings. 
I know that this is not the Tony Bennett teams of old, but it's still within the standings, a statement, statement win in the ACC. It is. At home. Need to take care of business. Yeah, Clemson is 10th right now in the SEC standings. The ACC standings. We haven't, ACC we haven't standings, moved to the SEC sorry. yet, Brad. Not yet. Are you breaking news here on the show no, today? Not, not, not today. Soon. Uh, not to, not Don't to. do that. Don't do that. Don't be that guy on a Friday. What? What? I'm just saying. In all in due time. Fake news. I like SEC basketball. It's fun. Uh, we're aware that you like SEC basketball. I'm bandwagoning hard. Uh, SEC for, Brad over here. <laughs> But you, you think about what's upcoming for Clemson. Virginia, tomorrow too. North Carolina on Tuesday night. Right after they're coming off the Duke game. You come off a win over Virginia. What if they were to lose? Win or lose to Duke, that's an emotional game. You, you never know. You might, you might can catch them. And then at Syracuse, Miami, and NC State. That's the next five games. I'd say it's a an incredibly important stretch for the Tigers. Critical stretch. Oh, it is. Yeah. I think everything that you want to figure out about the, the regular season can tell you will be figured out in this next five games because after that, at Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pitt, at Notre Dame, Syracuse, at Wake Forest, you're more talented than all those teams. Should be able to beat those teams. But North Carolina, yeah. a rematch against Miami, NC State, like you, you got some tough opponents coming up here. We'll break Virginia down, but I, I nine is a little high for me this early in February, but because of the coming schedule, it does feel right. It's it's like a seven and a half or an eight, and I don't I don't normally go super high on some of those kind of games right now. But tomorrow feels important. We'll see how important it is to John Blau, Post and Courier, Clemson beat writer is going to join us coming up here to kick off our number three. In just a few moments on a Friday. Don't go anywhere. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Do, 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 do.